Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now, on to the show. Today we have Dan Schmidt with us, and we're going to talk about the Contiki Dream, a 4,800-mile journey across America where he learned that human connections happen more easily when you start by being nice. <laughs> Welcome, Dan. Thank you, Tarvali. It's great to be here with you. I, lo- I love that. There's so many parts of your journey that are so interesting. And to start with this concept that human connections happen more easily when you're nice is just such a, 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 a beautiful statement. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's so true, too. And it's, you know, it's not just on a bike ride, but it's, it's every single day. You know, getting on an elevator, passing somebody on the street, um, uh, you know, just that first initial reaching out or connection with somebody first opens up a, you know, a whole new possibility, um, with other people, especially on a bike ride when you're solo for 4,800 miles. Um, it's a, you know, it's a great principle. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's quite a journey. Um, I want to hear more about Contiki, but first I want to hear, like, how did this start? Like, where did you come up with this idea? Like, what was the inspiration for this 4,800-mile journey? So, so I've always ridden my bike since high school, you know, until today. And so, so I've always loved being on a bike. And about 25, 26 years ago, I went to a Christmas party. It's one of those Christmas parties where you get a gift and someone can steal it and, um, you know, a dirty Santa party or, a, uh, they have all kinds of names, but I left with this little book, this little paperback book called Contiki. And I wasn't really familiar with the Contiki, uh, story, but it's a 1947 raft trip by Tor Herodal and five others, um, where they sailed, uh, they built a balsa raft and, um, you know, his premise was, that the Polynesian islands had been settled by Peruvians where everybody was saying that the, the those islands had been settled by, by, uh, natives from the East, mm. you know, and, and, and so nobody would buy his theory. So he, so he set out to prove it. And, uh, and it was just this, this little tiny paperback. Um, but I read it and basically to make a long story short, they survived this 101 day journey they made it to the Polynesian islands. Uh, it was one of the most incredible adventures I'd ever read. And, uh, from that moment on Contiki became kind of a special, um, uh, symbol for me in terms of kind of adventure in my life. And I wanted to set out on my own Contiki, uh, journey one day. And so I certainly didn't want to build a balsa raft and, and, and fight sharks for 101 (laughs) days, but, but I do ride a bicycle. So, I could do a similar, you know, si- you know, uh, uh, type of adventure, uh, with, with that kind of, you know, distance and time. And so, so I set out to cross the U S on my bike solo and unsupported a bike packing trip because I wanted it to be kind of a, 
no safety net experience, you know, like they had. And so, so that, that's the Contiki uh, explanation or inspiration. And I just held on to that for uh, until I retired uh, last year. And then it was, you know, then it became possible. And so it was like, okay, it's time for Contiki to ride. It was go time. <laughs> do yes, you still have the book? Time. Definitely. Do you time. still have the book? I do. I, I do. Um, I have the book. Uh, I have that original book, but I also, since then, I've I have acquired a, a first edition copy um, that I read uh, probably once or uh, once or twice. Um, um, yeah, every couple of years. So it's it's uh, it's a very special book to me. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about you know what like what must have happened like the transformation that happened in you just by reading a book knowing that you know how we can overcome adversity right like challenging ourselves to overcome adversity and it also means like setting aside the things that we would normally worry about right, right. setting aside the things that we would normally worry about so we can focus just on the journey exactly. that requires full presence exactly you know, full presence and i i had a custom frame bag made for my bike and i had the contiki uh, symbol that they had on their sale, um, on my, on my bag. And, uh, and so it was, um, it was truly, you know, like every time I looked at my bike, I thought of, you know, I thought of those guys and, and the, and the hardships that they endured and, uh, you know, compared to them, you know, my hardships were pretty easy to, 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 uh, to endure, I think. Yeah. Is that book available on like regular search oh, yeah. platforms? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll search and put a no. link in the show notes because right. for something to inspire you that much, many of us right. want to read it now too. <laughs> and there's, you know, and there's two movies, you know, there's a, there, there was a 1949, I think it was 1949 movie that won the Academy Award. Um, mm. uh, it was a documentary. Uh, so I think it won the best documentary. And, but then since then there's been an actual, um, movie made on the adventure on the raft and um but both of them are, are are great to watch but but nothing beats the book yeah i love it so had you done any long tour cycling before this even though you've you've been an active right. cyclist but you right. hadn't done any no. touring first time first time <laughs> first so, time <laughs> first time figure figure might as well start big and, yeah. um you know i i've done a lot of you know single day, you know, uh, rides that are long and endurance events and things like that. But, 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 uh, until, until I decided to do this, I'd, I'd never, you know, done like multi-night, uh, you know, right. uh, trips. And so, so I, so I had a lot to learn. I had a lot of research to do and, and I talked to people and, uh, a lot of YouTube videos, um, mm. a lot of podcasts. I listened to bike life, um, mm. and, you know, and just searching for, for the best, um, you know, information I could, to, you know, to help prepare me. So what would you tell people that are the most important things to do to prepare themselves if they haven't done a journey before and they've planned a similar type trip? Right. Well, I think, I think the first thing is to, is to, uh, t first tell people you're going to do it because, because that, that creates uh kind of reality in it. Um, you know, it creates accountability and, you know, once I started telling people I was going to do it, you know, I knew I was going to do it. Um, and then from there, um, there's, there's a lot of, 
resources. But I think YouTube, uh, YouTube videos on bike packing setup set or bike setup and the bags and the equipment, um, uh, adventure cycling, uh, uh, um, you know, is a you know, is a great organization. Um, you know, I acquired their maps. Um, you know, I had I had hosted a, a number of, um, uh, and this is way before warm showers. Um, but living on the Trans Am route, um, we had, we had hosted, uh, quite a number of, of Trans Am cyclists, you know, coming through our town over the years. And so talking with them and learning from them, but, uh, what was a big resource, but you know, mm-hmm. there, there's just, you know, um, uh, I talked to two or three other riders that had done this, um, that I had located from friends of friends. And just talking with them uh, about their journey and their experience really helped as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, it's remarkable how much you can learn prior to setting out on a journey like this that, uh, that ultimately helps you feel like you're really prepared. You know, and I, I did feel like, like I had really prepared well and uh, uh, that I hadn't left. I mean, I learned a lot on the journey, but... Uh, but through those videos and, and conversations yeah. and resources, that, you know, there's really a you lot. You were prepared. Oh, yeah, well. you were prepared like on equipment, on gear, on, right. on, on the bike. And, and how did you choose the route that you wanted to take? So I rode the Northern Tier, uh, which is the Adventure Cycling Association. It's, a, it, it's one of their routes. Um, I am originally from Minnesota, and uh, that route goes right through Minnesota. And so all my cousins and... Um, you know, are up in that area. And so it was about the halfway point, uh, almost the halfway point. And so I thought, well, that's, you know, it would be great to ride one through my hometown. Um, and, uh, which I did, you know, and then, uh, uh, spend some time with my family. Um, and, uh, you know, and I thought it might be a little cooler during the summer because I went during the summer and I thought, you know, maybe the Northern, the Northern part of the United States would be cooler than, than the middle or the, or the Southern part. And I think it was. So you were, so you were well equipped. You had your route planned and like, what was the first week like? Uh, the first week was, was quite a surprise because you start in Anacortes, Washington. And within the first week you hit four, uh, significant mountain passes, you know, in the, you know, in the Cascade mountains. Um, and I had, Climbing Washington Pass, which is just a tad under six thousand feet, um, I had um, uh, uh, th- there was a, about eight to ten feet of snow, you know, on top mm. of that mountain. Uh, and the road was clear, but uh, but it was cold, and it was a long, long climb. And uh, the the second, uh, uh, and then uh, the second pass right after that was a was a about 5,500 feet, but there were four passes in a row that were snowy, a lot of climbing. And, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a kind of a wake up call. Um, my wife followed me in a rental car for the first day and a half just to make sure that, that I hadn't forgotten my tent or, or, you know, that the bike was working. And then, so when her, uh, taillights, went around the corner leaving me it's like okay it's on uh, hmm. but it was uh, um it, it was a tough first week 
but it was um, just feeling the joy of finally being on this journey that I dreamed of for so long was just was just a uh, uh, just a feeling like I've never had. Just so yeah. just so exhilarating. I can feel it in you. Yeah. It feels, it was, feels it was, like it was, it was special. Even when it was hard, it was super special. Right. right. You know, and there, there are hard, mo- hard moments. There, you know, there's, there was a lot of wind. Um, I had some incredible storms that I had to get through. Um, r- a lot of rain in Montana. Um, I was going to say, what was the craziest storm that you experienced? That's an easy question to answer. I, um, I was on Pelican Lake in Minnesota and, uh, and I'd snapped a picture of a incredible sunset, just beautiful blue skies, and crawled in my tent. And uh, at eleven thirty, I was I was uh, awoken by just um, almost like hurricane-like conditions. And um, and my tent was was the wind was so strong. My tent was right of right on top of me. I had water gushing in uh, from every way. Um, the um, it lasted about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, I laid face down, holding my tent in mm. both in both hands because I thought if I let go, this tent's going to roll. Mm. Um, but it was it was just a remarkable storm. And um, when it finally subsided, there were trees down everywhere. Uh, there were an hour later, there was a fire department uh, just outside my tent um, because trees had fallen all over the place, including across the road. Um, my tent poles were bent. Uh, uh, the, my tent cords were snapped. It was uh, it was quite wow. something. it was quite something. But you know, mm. I but you know, I laid there holding this tent down, thinking this is this is crazy, but it's this is a rich experience. And I, yeah. I actually thought that it, it was like, this is, this is, you know, I'm going to remember this, you know, uh, the, for the, rest, the rest of your the life, rest of my life. Yeah. The rest of your so, life. You know, yeah. and, it's, and that's what it's all about. It's just all about getting through those moments and, um, and just embracing, you know, whatever, whatever comes your way. Yeah. How did your family feel about it? So you saw them about the halfway point, but you know, right. how, how were they reacting to this? They were. Um, they knew I was going to go because I, 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 um, I've got four kids and, you know, and they've heard about it. Uh, they've heard me talking about this my whole life and, uh, or their whole lives. And, uh, so they, it was no surprise to them that I was going. And, um, my wife too was, was very supportive. You know, she knew that, um, that this is something that was inside of me that, that, that I needed to do. But I, you know, my kids taught me how to post on Instagram, and so uh, <laughs> which that was I love. A, by the way, that's so great. It was a big Thank part you, of the kids. journey. <laughs> yeah, I posted every day, and um, which was not easy. Sometimes, you know, that was maybe the, the most challenging part of my day was was sitting sitting up at ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, you know, trying to trying to find decent uh, you know, internet connections so I could make my post. But um, but they really enjoyed seeing where I was and what was going on. Mm. Um, and it, you know, it was a fundraiser. I, you know, I was raising money for a very meaningful organization here in Richmond. Um, that's very dear to me. It's, uh, and so I think the, the, uh, the posting and, uh, really helped in, because the followers, you know, kept growing. And I think the posts were, um, uh, predominantly, um, inspirational, 
and they were positive and they were about people, the people I met. And, uh, and so I think, it, I think people really enjoyed the, um, I got a lot of comments about, thank you for taking, the, taking us along on the journey with you. And I think that really helped the, the fundraising in the end. Mm, yes. And I'm sure your family, I don't know if you checked in with them other ways. I'm sure you oh, did. I did. But I did. Yeah, I was going to say, but seeing, but seeing your journey live firsthand it, like yeah, that is, is right. special. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. You know, and I've got so, stories for a lifetime. You know, just the people, the people you come across are just remarkable. And the kindness and the generosity, um, you know, I'll just, you know, some of the scene, the, the scenery may fade, uh, you know, from my mind over the years, but some of the uh, interactions with these remarkable people, I, I think will stay, you know, uh, uh, etched in my memory forever. Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. Tell us some of the most memorable humans that you interacted with. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I could, I could go on for hours on that, but, but I'll, I'll keep it short. I was in Dutton, Montana one night uh, on a Sunday evening. I'd been riding all day uh, in the rain. And um, in the West, you know, that the, the route takes you through really small towns. And uh, so I rode into Dutton, Montana, and, um, you know, hoping to find that one little uh, uh, restaurant um, uh, or bar open, you know, so I can get something to eat. But um, come to find out, uh, nothing was open in this tiny little town, and I had I had one pack of crackers, and and so um, I, I found a park and I set up my tent, and I thought there's got to be something in this town I can find, and so so I got back on my bike and and um, I ride around town. Um, there was nothing, nobody on the streets, no vehicles, and finally one little truck comes puttering through town and you know, I waved about and I said, is there, is there any place to find, you know, a uh, uh, convenience store, you know, a restaurant, anything? And he said, not, not within 30, 40 miles of here. And uh, he said, I've got a bottle of water if you'd like it. And I said, I'll take it. So I went and, and, and uh, finished putting up my tent. 10 minutes later, um, that same little truck comes, comes puttering into the parking lot. And, and um, uh, the same guy gets out. He's got an armful of food. His wife had made me sandwiches. Uh, there's homemade pie, um, uh, uh, drinks, fruit. Um, you know, and he uh, he came up to me. He said, "He said you're not going to be hungry in Dutton, Montana tonight." Wow. And, um, and, and he sat down with me, and he was just the nicest guy. And um, so, you know, that was an incredible night. Um, mm. And then. Uh, one more quick story. I was in uh, Cumberland, Wisconsin. Um, one morning in my tent, it was pouring down rain, and 
I finally decided it's 10 30. I've got to, you know, I've got to get going. I can't, I can't stay in my tent all day. And so, um, I, um, finally got rolling and I, I, I found a little restaurant in Cumberland and I thought I'm going to go in and get, um, two donuts and a cup of coffee and keep going. I went in and there was this little man sitting, eating breakfast by himself. And he waved me over and, uh, he said, would you like to have breakfast with me? And I, I said, of course. And so I sat down and he was truly one of the most remarkable people I've ever met in my life. Mm. And, um, he was four days shy of his hundredth birthday. Um, wow. he had stormed the beaches of Normandy. Uh, he was still driving an hour and a half, three times a week to St. Paul, Minnesota to run two nonprofits. Um, he told me about his three, three real estate career or, or he three careers, one in farming, real estate, and railroads. Um, he was funny. He was, he had so much wisdom. And I thought I was going in for just a quick two minutes in and out. I ended up sitting with him for three and a half hours. Um, because once I sat down with him, I thought, this is why I'm on this trip. This uh, is it. That was the purpose. It. <laughs> this, this is why I'm on this trip. Yeah. And, um, you know, his name was George and, you know, I'll never forget him. He was just a, he was just a remarkable person, but you know, there's a hundred of those stories, uh, right. um, along the way. Um, you know, and I think when you travel solo, I think those, you know, a, a lot of people were surprised I was going to go alone. Um, and, um, but I'm really happy that I did because I think, I think the quality of my interactions were that much deeper, um, you know, being, you know, being with, uh, being with, uh, without, you know, a group or, you know, or another person. Uh, so incredible to hear your stories. Even just those two examples that you gave are absolutely amazing. I mean, I can, I can only imagine how much your life has shifted since. Right. Like, what is it? What has it been like to come back home and have experienced this level of humanity, right, and human right. connection? I mean, right. wow, I'm impacted by just hearing your story, so I can't <laughs> imagine how you're impacted. And I hear a lot of stories and, right. and about right. touring, but yours is. I mean, those are profound experiences. They are, you know, and and then you know, I didn't even discover or find warm showers until um i started to get towards the, the midwest or the east i think traverse city michigan was my first warm shower uh stop and that was just incredible experience and and, and i used warm showers i think seven times uh from that point to to my destination in bar harbor and just had the most incredible experiences with with kind people and um and since then, when I got back, I thought, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a host. Uh, you know, and so, uh, so, so I've already had you know, several great experiences. I had a, had a couple this past weekend that we're doing the, um, they're doing, they call it the four corners ride. So they're doing a 12,000 mile journey, um, mm. you know, or just literally, literally around the, around the U S and, uh, we just had the greatest time. Uh, they arrived Saturday, they spent Saturday night with us. Um, but just hearing their stories and, you know, and I had such an appreciation for the people I stayed with and the, you know, and the generosity they showed me that it's, it's just so easy to return that now and, mm -hmm. uh, and just, and just invite you know, almost anybody and everybody I can in, you know, into, into our home to, you know, to, 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 to celebrate what they're doing. 
Um, I love it, Dan. Are you going to do another tour? I guess that's my question. Like, what's? Oh, I'm sure I will. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I will. Um, you know, it's um, I, I, I do a lot of bike packing with my dog, um, mm. so I've got a I've got an 85 pound golden retriever mm. that, that that Cooper and I go on these on these you know bike packing trips. Um, and how do you how do you carry Cooper? I've got a burly bike trailer. Um, okay. And he, he rides in it probably 30% of the time and he runs uh, the rest of the time, you know, and he just, we started doing this when he was just a puppy. So, so, so he's got it down pat, you know, he, uh, when he gets tired, he, you know, he just comes over and he jumps in and again, I haul him for a night for, for a mile and he starts barking like, yeah, I'm ready Let to go. Me out. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so. I definitely will will do future bike packing trips. I'm, one, I, I have the equipment and, and now the knowledge is you know, how to you know, how to set up my bike, um, but I also have experienced the pure joy of, of traveling mm-hmm. that way, and and experiencing a place from from a, from the seat of a bike, and having the, you know having you know really quality uh, human interaction. And so, I laid my tent most nights uh, thinking just looking at the top of my tent and just thinking this is this is how I want to you know um, live you know you know in my retirement years mm-hmm. I love it so much thank you Dan this is I've been excited to talk to you because you know you <laughs> sent me a, a beautiful overview of your trip before we before we met and then when I first met you I felt like wow this is this has been a pro- profound impact on you and you've now brought that impact to me and to all of our listeners are getting to experience your joy through sharing this story so thank you for taking the time to come on the show it's so amazing to hear your experience thank you Tarvali, for having me and 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 for what you're doing to to share the uh, uh, these types of experience with others because because what you're doing you know maybe I can inspire somebody a little bit but 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 i've been inspired by by some of the other people you've talked with so Mm. so so what you're doing with bike life is you know is is really valuable well thank you for thank you for telling me that sometimes we don't we don't hear that side of the impact we make because we're busy and we're keeping the organization going and this is definitely a, a part of labor of love of what we what we do at warm showers is really just and I like it. Like for me, as 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 a human, I I love to hear the story. So it's it's truly the pleasure is all mine. Great. Well, it's, thank you, Dan. Th- thank you, Tyrelly. And for everyone listening, we're going to put the link to the book in the show notes, and we're going to put Dan's Instagram in the show notes so you can go check out how his journey went and stay in touch. And if you loved the show, please make sure you share it because we know that others would enjoy listening and being inspired as well. So thanks for listening and thank you again, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.